Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I'm delighted to spend these Thursdays with you at 4 o'clock Pacific Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, and now on your drive to work on Friday mornings, quite early in the morning, I understand. So I hope you will find these shows exciting, motivating, and entertaining as you make your way forward into the world. We are doing right now one of the very last shows of the year, let alone one of the very last shows of the decade. Oh my goodness, a decade coming to an end. And we're getting ready to go into the new year, 2020, the year of what I like to think of as crystal clear vision. So it's a good time to be reflecting over your last year, your last decade, and what you would like to bring into your new year. Today we're going to be talking about raising the bar as you think about what you've been up to the last year, the last decade. How do you really want to raise the bar and do things even better than you've already been doing them? Without further ado, I want you to get to hear the voice of the engineer here because if you decide to call in, this is the man you're going to be speaking to. This is Eric Ryder. Hey, good afternoon and happy holidays, Debbie. Happy holidays to you and welcome back. I hear you have been a barad. <laughs> the way you say that <laughs> makes it sound like uh, I might have had a gender reassignment Oops, there for no. a second. A, a broad, yes, yes. A, as a, in overseas, yes, That's and right. uh, yeah, I was in London and Dublin recently and had a fantastic time. Yeah, I was making fun of someone who said that in his travelogue recently, but gosh, if you're not watching him, it's just out of context, and it does sound like a gender change, <laughs> right? I'm glad. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, no. that's not what happened to but me. It's not what we were talking about. Yeah, that's we were right. talking about a little fun travels. So now we've introduced our our listeners to your lovely voice, and yeah. let's tell them the number they could call into if they have a question today about raising the bar in the new year. You bet. Boy, I sure would love to hear from some folks today at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527 or toll free if you need that, 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. All right. You, you made, heard it. Yeah. I was just going to say, you, you know, you just reminded me that the 20s are about to kick off here in a couple weeks. Can you believe it? No, I can't at all. I can't at all. 2020. Yeah. Here so, it is. I'm thinking, are we going to have a new Roaring Twenties like we, we had in the 20th century? I say bring bring back those flappers and the hot jazz and all that stuff. Why not? Oh, man, I'm going to start my diet right now. <laughs> that is such a great idea. I love it. Let's get a movement going here, everyone. Let's, let's flap on into 2020. Why not? Why not have some fun with this? Part of just raising the bar here. Hey, listen, we're not only taking your calls, we're taking your texts. And you might want to get that in because uh, Drew and Stephanie have already texted me. Thank you. 
We will be reading your questions on the air today because, like I said, we're talking about raising the bar. Yeah. So what are some topics we have had recently on the show? We've talked about Outlast in Your Opposition, really looking at who are those critics and in what way are they playing the role of the opposition and what does it mean to really stand tall in the face of that and keep attending to the story of your life or the stories you are writing. We talked recently about understanding your failures better so you can achieve more success. Sometimes success is not just this straight, lovely, linear line into your future where all beautiful things happen. In fact, I've come to understand that a lot of my successes are due to my ability to reflect on actually my failures and how I've wanted to change them, redo them, have a redo time, whether anyone was watching or not. Another topic that was popular this year was how to start your book, because that's what I'm doing. I'm Coach Debbie, and I help people who are first, second, and third time authors out there write their books, and it could be a book on memoir, could be your family legacy, self-development, could be a book of motivation, something that outlines your brand. Whatever it is, I am here to help you not only get started, but to get through the middle and the end. So I've done a couple shows that address that. Also, side note, I have a little program, and that kicks off in January, or if you don't get in on January, we've got another one in April, and then finally, a third time of the year in September. Three times a year, I offer a book writing program, which you may begin January, April, September. And it doesn't really matter if you're just cleaning up a book and you need assistance for a month, or if you're really going to go for it, do the beginning, middle, and end of your first draft for about 90 days, or if you're wanting to take about a six-month sabbatical with this. Those are the three packages and the three ways we can work together. And like I said, one is starting up just right around the corner here in January. I got two seats left, and if your name is on one of them, you should be getting in touch with me very, very soon. My email address is askcoachdebbie. It's all one word. Askcoachdebbie, D-E-B-B-Y, at gmail.com. Askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Debbie is always spelled with a Y. Or you can head on over to my website, which I just noticed is a, it's a mess. I don't know what happened over there. I think I got some drafted pages going on. But just go to the button I want you to click on. It's called Connect or Contact. Go to www.coachdebbie.com. Again, it's spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Just connect with me. We'll be in touch and we'll find out what kind of support we can get for you in this upcoming decade. 
All right. Well, let's dive into today's topic here. I've been really thinking about what it is that would help me raise the bar as I go into a new decade. And of course, there's a lot of ways you can address it. You can sit down and make a nice long list. Like I said in a previous show, you can take a look at areas where you had failures and think about how could I turn that stuff around now that I've tried it and turn it into a success. Uh, You might have conversations with friends, coaches, loved ones, and find out what could I do to raise the bar in my life. Oftentimes, though, I think it all stems from areas that we might take for granted. We might not think they matter that much. I started by planning this show and thinking I'm going to talk about communication because we could really raise the bar if we thought about communication. But then I, I got to journaling and I realized, while I take this sip of water, that if I just focused on one aspect of communication, that I think all of us could say, you know, I'm pretty good at that. I'm okay at that. But we could all stand a little, you know, facelift around. It's this. It's our listening skills. I think I'm a pretty good listener, even though I love to talk. Can't you tell? I love to talk, but... I do think I'm a a pretty good listener. Like on a scale of 1 to 100, um, I'd I'd actually give myself a a 90. Some days I even do better. Some days I do worse. But I I do. I think I I range in that A- area. A little little room to grow on. Uh, But I I also think I've put a lot of energy into it because I wanted to be a good listener. And where did that come from? Well, I wanted to be heard. (laughs) You know, sometimes the things we want offered to us ends up the areas where we develop our own skills. So somewhere in my 20s and in my relentless journaling about wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen, wanting to matter, wanting, 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 I realized if this is so important to me, it might be time to up my own game and make sure that I'm really listening as well. And I found there were some areas where I really fell down on the game, one being that I, I find it funny and silly to actually interrupt people. Uh, that, that is the quality of a horrible listener. So I had to kind of take a look at that one. I also had to acknowledge the fact that I can be competitive, especially if there's a bully in the room, you know. I, I can get into sort of debate mode. So I had to pay attention to that. Another thing that I'd never really thought of as a poor listening skill, but I, I saw this on a blog once was that I can fidget and doodle and uh, sort of distract myself with my hands. I'll, I'll play with my, the rings on my fingers. I'll play with my earrings. And for the person sitting across from me, that, that might appear that I'm not really listening. 
Or worse, it might appear that I don't care. And I think that's how it was stated in the article. Again, I'm, I'm going back a long, long time. But these are things that sort of brought me into the awareness that I wasn't being a very good listener. And I might really want to up my game and pay attention to these things. So today, while we talk about raising the bar and getting all ready for 2020, I'm going to share with you what are some good listening skills. But I'm also going to share with you what I think are excellent listening skills. And then I'm going to share with you how do excellent listening skills become essential writing skills? Yeah, brought to you by your coach, Coach Debbie. Okay, how do excellent listening skills become essential writing skills? If you hang out with me to the end of the show, that's what we're going to be talking about. But at any point during the show, I want to remind you to call in or to text or to get a hold of me on Facebook Messenger. Any of those modes are good. Uh, Oh, I see some stuff is coming in right now. Okay, so do that, and I will offer you free coaching right here online. So let's just dive in. What are some basic good listening skills? If If you're doing all of these things as your coach, I would give you a, I'd give you a, 82, 85 points out of 100. How's that? A good solid B, maybe B plus out of a perfect score. So for example, let's, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I wrote down seven things today that I think, and this is just my opinion, of course. You also have your own ideas. But these are just seven things I think make up a good listener, not a perfect listener, not a great listener, but a good listener. Just right out of the gate, you got to have the ability to look someone in the eye, right? Eye contact, not too much eye contact, not staring them down eye contact, but, you know, general eye contact. Generally speaking, that's a good listening skill, and that raises the bar on having great skills that you take into the new decade, right? Generally good eye contact, whether it's over an interview or a meal or pillow talk or wherever you are with someone, good eye contact, I'd say that that means you are practicing a good listening skill. Another one is one I had to call myself out on, and that is avoiding fidgeting. You know, scratching your elbows, scratching your eyebrows, playing with your earrings, having all kinds of fun while the other person is talking to you and wanting to have your full attention. Watch out for some of that fidgeting. Usually it just means you're anxious or itchy or ready to go. But if you are anxious or itchy or ready to go, and someone really wants you to be listening, sometimes the message is not, oh, I'm just anxious or itchy. 
Sometimes the message is, I'm not listening. And worse, I don't care. So we want to watch that fidgeting. We also want to be compassionate for the fact that some fidgeting, I'm just going to speak about learning skills here, some fidgeting actually happens because a person uses it to calm themselves. Like, uh, have you ever noticed, um, I had a stepfather who, he would kind of stroke his beard, you know, kind of play with his whiskers. And I, I noticed when he'd do it, he was often giving me very good feedback about whatever it was we were talking about. So I, I came to notice not all fidgeting means hurry up, let's go, let's get out of here. Sometimes it means I'm, I'm just sort of grounding myself. So you got to use your best judgment there. Another good skill when it comes to uh, listening, and this will be the last one before we take a break, is the notion of not filling the conversation with cliché, right? Because it can be so easy to say, oh, yeah, oh, uh uh-huh, been there, done that, yep, me too, Uh uh-huh, oh, gosh, totally hear you, man, got your back, dude. All that stuff that doesn't really let the person know mm, that you're deeply listening. It's so appropriate on the buddy level, absolutely. But if someone is really pouring out their heart, just make sure if you do tend to be someone that responds in cliche, that you also answer directly to something they said. So maybe if they're saying, you know, I've just, I've got to find a way to center myself. You could say something like, you know, if you're up to hearing it, I'd, I'd love to tell you about something that works for me. I mean, I, I've got a membership of the gym, and man, nothing has helped me feel more centered than getting to the gym twice a week. When, when you offer feedback as opposed to a cliche, especially if they're open to it, you're, you're going into some, some pretty good listening skills there. What do you think are good listening skills? Again, we're working on the B level. We're going to bump it up later in the show to the A level. And then, of course, the A plus level, how it's essential for the great writer. Thanks for listening to me so far. We're going to be right back after this first break. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Kathy Cooper, and every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m., I'll be hosting Lost and Found. We'll be discussing all types of losses, but it's not going to be the doom and gloom hour. It'll be an hour of education, support, validation, and yes, we will have a little bit of humor. So won't you join me Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m., Lost and Found, because every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. This is Jim at a party. Dude, pass it. Hi there. This is Jim making nachos. Hi there. This is Jim watching his favorite horror movie. Oh yeah, definitely hi there. And this is Jim driving his car. Dude, not hi there. 
Jim's making good decisions and not getting behind the wheel when he's high because he knows that if you feel different, you drive different. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. There's skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. This show is based out of Seattle, Washington, where I help first, second, and third time authors write their first completed draft of their manuscripts. I'd love to help you if you are thinking you have a book in you and it's time to let that memoir biography, legacy, self-development book, whatever it is, it's time to let that thing out (laughs) thing. I would love to support you. I have two seats left in my program that begins in January. If you'd like to know more, just write to me. Just say, I want to know more. It doesn't have to be an elaborate long letter. I want to know more about writing in January. Write to Ask Coach Debbie at gmail.com. AskCoachDebbie is D-E-B-B-Y at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you. Today, we are looking toward 2020. It's coming up so quickly. It is the new decade upon us, and we're thinking about what are those listening skills that we're going to take into the new decade? Not just good ones, but excellent ones. And as we go deeper into the show, we're going to be thinking about how do excellent listening skills become essential writing skills. Drew, I want you to know I received your text, and I will be answering that in a moment. Also, Stephanie, I will be getting to your question today as well. So we were just going over some good listening skills, the basics eye contacts, getting away from fidgeting, uh, playing with your earrings, playing with your gadgets, interrupting people, filling conversations with cliche. Uh, you don't want to be competitive. You know, you, you want to be thoughtful and assertive, but you never want to compete with the person you're sitting across from. You don't ever want to ask those overly personal questions, too. I'm finding we're in a day and age where people will just blurt out personal questions that, you know, they don't really have the privilege to ask. Don't be that person. Don't, don't be the one that's listening for the, you know, looking for the big joke at the table or, or such. Um, there's other ways to joke around or to make light of an evening without putting someone you care about completely on the spot and asking something just ridiculously personal when it's actually your turn to be listening. Yeah. Okay, so those are just some basic good listening skills. I, 
I want to say that we are all practicing those. We're, we're all doing a good job catching ourselves when we step out of the lines with those. But what do you say we bump it up a notch and we go over to some excellent listening skills? Yeah? This is in the, you know, the 90 percentile. If we're thinking of making a score of 1 to 100 on our listening skills, we're now looking at skills at the 90 or more level. You can tell I was a professor at one time, right? I always have to think of things in terms of the rubric and assessment and how you can justify these numbers. So I, I'm looking at the A- minus and A student in the listening category now. So let's just try one here. An excellent listening skill might be waiting for the other to thoroughly speak up, right? Waiting for the other. In other words, you might have an idea that's sort of burning and it might just start to to roll off your tongue. Could you bump up your skill just a notch and make sure that it's actually your time to speak, that you have thoroughly listened to whatever they're, they're saying, even if there was like a little pregnant pause. So someone says something like this. They say, I'm making this up. They say, um, I'm really thinking about how I might up-level my business. And you say, oh, yeah, how? What are you going to do? I mean, they, they might not have really been thoroughly done with that thought. So what if you gave them a little more time and they said, I'm really thinking of how I might up-level my business. And I'm wondering if this might be the year that I, I start a, a joint venture. And you say, oh, yeah, I did that one year. Were they really... Were they really done with their thought? What if they said, and this might be the year I think about a joint venture. And you notice them staring kind of far off in the distance. If you're a good listener, you know they're collecting their thoughts. They're getting ready to tell you just something a little more. And there might be a pregnant pause there. But just let it be. Let that pause be. In radio, we don't let that stuff be, right? That's not good radio. But when you're sitting across from someone eye to eye, if they're taking that little pregnant pause, you are being a good and thorough and thoughtful listener by allowing it and by just being there until they say, but I don't actually have this all worked out. I'm actually just starting to entertain the idea that I could be ready for a joint venture. I don't know. Have you ever done it? Have you ever tried a joint venture? And now it's your turn. It's your turn to speak. And it's clear it's your turn to speak because you have thoughtfully and thoroughly been present while they've been speaking through the pauses and all. So that's an excellent listening skill. It's not just good. It's not just making eye contact. It's not just putting down your gadget and not fidgeting. But it's really allowing the person 
in front of you to process what they're saying, to go through the pauses, and to allow them to sort of cue you with either their voice asking a question or their eyes looking at you as if to say, I'm, I'm done now. Or maybe even their eyes going down to their lap like, hmm, kind of stuck here. Don't have anything left to say. When you are an excellent listener, you're okay with pauses. You're okay with the idea of just tuning out the room so you can completely tune in on what the person across from you wants to say. Now, if that is an excellent listening skill, let's think about how we might even bump that up to becoming an essential writing skill. Okay? Hang on here with me. If you are someone who can wait for the other to thoroughly speak, to thoroughly share, if you're practiced at that, in terms of it becoming an essential writing skill, you're also going to be the person who deeply listens to your own character's identity. When you write, you're going to be able to really fully hear and allow your characters to be revealed to you without forcing your way to the end of the page or the end of the chapter. You're going to really be that writer who says, this character might be a little more complex than the original character I started with. I'm really going to get into developing this character even more thoroughly. Did I lose you there? Here's a little review. The excellent listening skill is that you can sit across from someone and listen thoroughly. But how might that translate to being an essential writing skill? Well, if you're a writer and you've practiced at listening to the person sitting across from you, you're now prepared to letting the characters that you're writing about fully identify themselves, fully evoke who they are, completely reveal what they are up to in your story or in your family epic legacy or whatever that is you're writing. You won't be the person who rushes to the end of the page or who rushes to the end of the chapter. You'll be more content to make sure whatever that character was up to, they can be fully up to, and that you're going to catch it, write it down, allow it to be seen on paper, just like you allow your friend who sits across from you at dinner and shares their joint venture idea with you. You see? You see how those work together? We're not just going after some good listening skills here. We're going after great, excellent listening skills here because excellent listening skills are essential if you want to be a great author. You want to learn more about that? Well, think about signing up for one of my programs because we go into that in depth. Yeah, in depth. Drew, I promised we'd get to you, so... Thank you for writing in today. 
I neglected to note where you were writing in from, but I do believe you are a regular listener to this show. I know I recognized your picture. So Drew says here, I've been accused of not listening over and over because I like to sketch people's faces while they're talking. And it's weird how some people get so annoyed with me. I actually do it to keep myself in the conversation. I'm not doing it to ignore them. Drew, I picked your question because when I was a child, my mother nicknamed me Doodle. All right? Don't tell anyone in the world that. Um, I know it's just you and I here, Drew. It's just a very private conversation we're having. But that was one of my nicknames, Doodle, because that's how I dealt with taking in information. I would make shapes on the page while people were talking to me, while I was passing time, when I was trying to relax. But honestly, I, I never did it to block anything out. If anything, I did it to engage more deeply, to sort of make shapes and start to see the words forming in the shapes. It's, I think, possibly a learning style. I can't tell you I've studied it, but I can tell you the little bit I know about dyslexia and ADD and ADHD from being a teacher is that you never want to shame your student when you find them fidgeting with their pen or the corner of the page or, or any of the the textiles from the class because to some degree they might be comforting themselves or just finding a way, as you said, staying in the conversation. I wish I could give you some research on that, and I really can't. But, Drew, I just want to sort of support you here in knowing that you're totally normal. You're just like me. So if you can accept that that we have this little normal camp and there are a lot of other people that are members of the normal camp that are not on the airwaves with us right now, this is, like you said, just a way to stay in conversation. Why not do little sketches? Why not do what makes you comfortable? And if you have a sense that the person across you might be annoyed or in the past has said they're annoyed or they're watching your hand or whatever else, you can say, I don't mean to annoy you here. I certainly hope I'm not. I'm just doodling as a way to stay in the conversation. I mean, that's your honest words. That's your honest truth. You get to stand in that truth. You really don't have to explain anything more. I hope that serves you, Drew. Let me get a sip of water here. And let's take a look at what Stephanie says. We just got about two minutes here before our next break. Uh, Stephanie says, one way that I could raise the bar is to find more ways to relax. It's hard because I have kids and aging parents to look after, so I'm playing mom to everyone. Sometimes I just want everyone to shut up <laughs> and actually listen to me. 
Like I said, it can be hard to relax at times. Yeah. Uh, what did you call your, yourself? You said uh, because you feel like you're playing mom to everyone. Hmm. Wow, that might be the crux of the dilemma there, Stephanie. I wonder. It it is an excellent skill to raise the bar, relax into who you are, and to at the same time be thoughtful and caregiving. But something one of my coaches had to call me out on was that I tend to care for others and listen to others before I was really listening to myself. And when I got that feedback, it helped me go deeper into my journaling. It helped me realize that journaling once a week wasn't really enough because I wanted to be able to really listen to my voice. So I decided that more of a daily practice with journaling would suit me. And it would help me not necessarily be the mom to everyone, but to just be a good listener and understand what my boundaries are. You, you have, did you say little kids, aging parents, all of those things that are going to require your time. But I'm just going to invite you to not leave out Stephanie. Don't, don't leave yourself out. Make sure you're taking the time to listen to your deepest desires, your deepest needs, your deepest wants, because being a mom is very important. But there's no way you're going to be able to be a mom if you haven't taken care of Stephanie. Okay? I hope that serves you, Stephanie, and I'm really thankful that you wrote in. Thanks for listening to Story You Talk Radio. We have one more break here, and then we'll be back for the last part. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who worked 12 hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals but I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. 
Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. This is Coach Debbie, and today we are talking about raising the bar. What are those skills you are going to take into the new decade with you? We're talking about the idea of not just settling for being a good listener, but we're talking about bumping it up, raising the bar to being an excellent listener. And if you get yourself skilled at doing that, we're also talking about how do these excellent listening skills actually become essential writing skills. And these are things we talk about in my courses. If you are curious about those courses, you can find out more at CoachDebbie.com. And you can always click on Connect and set up an appointment or learn more. So let's go into an excellent skill here. One is the notion of being fully present to your tone. What is your tone as you listen? Now, a lot of people think, well, I, I listen by not speaking. So how could I have a tone? Actually, listening also incorporates the feedback you give to others or the questions you offer. So when you do this, what is your tone? Is it one of curiosity? Is it one of, of trying to clarify? Is it one that explains? Those can often be very good tones. Uh, sometimes a negative tone is one that is really defensive. I mean, you can hear it. It gets sharp. It could also be one that's full of anger and just blasting out ideas. Uh, another tone is sarcasm. That doesn't really work when we're talking about listening. How is it that you might listen and offer a tone that shows you care and that might even show that you're, you're holding someone's feet to the fire and saying, hey, what happened here? A lot of people would disagree and say, when you, when you do that, you're being disrespectful. But a good listener, a good listener is, is not going to just bite their tongue and walk away. A good listener is going to watch their tone. They're going to be curious. They're going to ask important questions. And if it's appropriate, they're going to say, what happened? What's going on? If you can be present, and fully aware of your tone, this can translate over into an essential writing skill. As you become practiced, you're going to carefully attend to the narration of your stories. The narration of your stories. You never want to rush through the nuance of your story. You want to listen for rhythm. And if you're practiced sitting across from someone and watching your tone, watching your feedback, not jumping to the conclusion that they're wrong, bad, mean, awful, <laughs> but you're actually participating, that is going to help you establish more essential writing skills. 
Specifically, it's going to help you carefully attend to the narration of your story. It's going to help you slow down. It's going to help you listen for the rhythm. Yeah. Sometimes we have to make a certain commitment to the tone that we are willing to accept from ourselves. All right, moving along. I don't see any new textures here, so I'm just going to keep on rolling out. Another excellent listening skill is honoring confidentiality. Ooh, boy. So, have you ever done this? Have you ever sat across from someone and they're, you know, they're telling you a whopper, right? They're just, they're just feeding your ears full of hot story. And you're thinking, wow, I can't believe they're trusting me with all this stuff. And then later on, a day or two, a week or two, a month or two, you find yourself telling that whopper to someone else. And somehow... You justify that, you know, that friend who told you and this friend you're telling it to are never going to meet each other. Oh, gosh. You know, I think we have to be a little more careful. I think when someone honors us and they speak to us and they want what they're sharing to be held confidential, we need to say right away, I can't. I can't do that. I might not be the person to hold this story. Or we need to give them our word and say, yes, I will maintain the confidentiality of the story. Say it out loud. Because that, that holds a certain stronger commitment inside. It allows us to be even more honest. And you'll find that if you practice sitting across from someone and honoring confidentiality, that you will be able, as a writer, to express ideas and show perspective in a way that you might not be able to if you weren't someone that honored confidentiality. You'll find ways where... You're not really given in to competition and saying judgmental comments, but you're someone that is more fully expressive, less gossip-oriented, and more expressive. Now, again, these are high skills that we practice in my writing programs because honoring confidentiality is not just a basic good listening skill. It's actually one that most of us fail at. And we fail at it often until we're caught or until we're embarrassed. It takes an excellent listener to really fully honor confidentiality. Honestly, it's something that I find I have to work at. When somebody says, listen, I know this won't go beyond the room. I try to find a way to say, absolutely, I will not repeat your story. I try to find a way to speak up in that moment to just give that extra commitment through my word. Because that's letting the person know, I'm not going to judge you here. 
I'm not going to gossip about it there. I'm not going to turn it into a joke later on. I'm not going to just talk about it with someone else that hopefully you'll never meet. I mean, these things that we share sometimes, it's crucial to our growth that we are able to say them to someone that can honor confidentiality so we can process and grow. So think of both sides there, the speaker and the listener. And that's going to bump you into more of an excellent listening skill area. Another one is following up with new conversation. This is an excellent listening skill. You and another person have sat across from each other. You've had a very intense conversation. An excellent listener will find a way to follow up. We'll find a way to say, you told me that you were having an MRI last month, but I haven't spoken to you. How did that go? Or you told me that you were going to do a joint venture with your business. I was just curious. Did you take that on? How is that going? An excellent listener doesn't just listen at that moment, but they also take note and they follow up. They write the email. They place the call. They leave a voicemail. They're concerned. Something was shared with them, and so they come back and say, how did that go? I remember you were going through a time of grief. How are you feeling today? Is there anything you want to talk about? That's an excellent listening skill. It reaches far beyond just being a good skill because sometimes a person is sitting across listening to a grief story, enduring all the details perhaps of a hospital story or whatever it might be. And as soon as the conversation's over, they're like, whew, I made it to the end of that. But a great listener, an excellent listener, is going to realize even though the conversation ended in this moment, I can pick it back up and show my care in another moment. If you're that person, if you're that person who is practicing following up with new conversation, you're going to find that this leads into more essential writing skills. And specifically, it will help you be a person who is complete. You're not going to leave plots or ideas just hanging, but you're actually going to go in and make sure that what you started is much more complete. This is what I think of as an essential writing skill, but it's also something that is developed out of your excellent ability to follow up with people that you talk to. Finally, before we close the show, I want to just add one more, one more excellent skill. And remember, this is all just Coach Debbie's opinion, right? This is just content straight out of the courses that I have created for my students. All kinds of people who would dis disagree with me or one-up me on this. But thank you for listening today, and thank you for considering that these skills just might add to your essential 
writing toolbox. One thing I find to be an essential writing skill is taking the time to honor yourself on a regular basis. And I I was talking to Stephanie earlier in the show about this. Honoring yourself on a regular basis is an excellent listening skill that you give to yourself. And you might give it to yourself by taking yourself on a walk and just really tuning into your thoughts. You might give it to yourself by having a journal that you go to daily and you just spend a certain amount of time with it. Really listening to yourself might happen because you and a trusted bestie have those two dates out of the year that you never, ever, ever fudge on and you always meet and you have a deep-hearted conversation, both of you, where you let each other process. You let each other hear and you let each other speak and that other person acts as a mirror. So it becomes this real, honest caring of listening to yourself. I want to challenge you to think of the idea that if you can do this, if you can take the time to listen and honor yourself on a regular basis and really listen, you're going to establish an essential writing skill. You're going to be that person who writes to serve a larger purpose. It's not that you're not interested in just getting your book out, but you're interested in a big global purpose. You're interested in why you've been called to write your book. You're interested in why you've been called to give time to that regular column you contribute to her, to your blog. You're very interested in the larger purpose, perhaps of being a speaker from a stage. When you take time to honestly listen to yourself on a regular basis, tune into your intuition, tune into your deepest voice, then you're going to be that person who writes to serve a larger purpose. You're going to be someone that you can ask to be the very best. You're going to expect that from yourself. And perhaps it's going to be better than the person you thought is already your best self. When you listen carefully, it's times that you find you are being even more thoughtful then you're practiced at being. You're even more present. You're even more attentive. I hope this serves you as you are closing down 2019. How might you raise the bar in 2020? Contemplate this and come back and join me for more. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now. <music> 